Welcome to episode two of Product Bits, a sub 20 minute show about product management and building digital products because you don't have the time and I'm lazy. I'm your host, Jordan Wilkerson. Today's topic is going to be focused on defining just what the hell people mean by having a strong sense of product. We see this everywhere in job requirements and in job postings, that kind of thing. And I've gotten a lot of questions about that over the, over the years. So on the surface, defining something like product sense seems largely subjective. But I think that if that were the case, uh, people wouldn't be able to pick up a product, use an app or a website and say, man, this sucks or wow, this is amazing. So in my mind, there is a very real, tangible set amount of information and knowledge uh, that one gains to be able to define, you know, having good product sense. So one could argue that people either build good or bad products, right? And that's a fair assessment, but the argument I'm making here is that the only way to really build a quote-unquote bad product is by having an unrefined, or let's just say, bad product sense or sense of product. Those two can be used interchangeably. So I want to talk about how I define product sense and what it actually means. But before we do that, let's just briefly talk about what products actually are, right? Products aren't simply things that people buy to just own and use. They buy and use them to solve problems. Whether that's to entertain, educate, become more efficient, connect with one another, or otherwise, products are typically designed and built to help people achieve their desires, their goals, and solve their problems. Okay? So good products, uh, as we'll define it, start off doing typically one thing really, really well. And this could also apply to services, by the way, but let's do, we're, we're particularly talking about just you know straight up products. So they start off doing one thing really, really well. They generally solve a single problem or a niche set of problems in some unique or effective way that helps them stand out above the competition. Great products, however, do several things really, really well and solve a lot of similar related problems without losing focus on what the majority of their user base is leveraging uh, the product for. That being the original core problem or niche that their product solves for. Right, a good example of this is like Trello. Trello went from a good product to a great product, right? Initially, it was just a to-do list and a task manager, and now it does a ton of different things, right? And the uniqueness of Trello is that, and why I say it's a great product, is that it never lost focus on the original intent of the product, and it didn't disillusion its original core user base, right? It just built on top of it over time, and it didn't pivot into things that it just wasn't good at doing as a business or as a product, right? So that, I think that's a, a pretty uh, good example. So uh, in that same vein, you know, good products typically evolve in one of two ways, right? They either stray away from their original functions too far and or pivot away from their original user base and they end up becoming bad products. Or in Trello's case, they continually add new additional value by listening to their users, right? Um, and, and, you know, leveraging their sense of, their good sense of product uh, to uh, continue to make it into, a, evolve into a great and greater product over time. So as you should guess, building great products is always the end goal for a product manager, always, right? 
The old adage of shoot for the moon so that even if you miss, you land among the stars definitely applies here. And this is because having a broad range of diversified capabilities in your product presents PMs with many opportunities to take advantage of. It allows you the opportunity to take your product to new and exciting directions and therefore take your users in new and exciting directions. Uh, it means potentially creating uh, or spawning off new products that hadn't even been conceived of before. Um, and ultimately, aspiring to build great products means that you can address a wider range of needs for your users, right? Maybe even solving some important edge cases, meaning problems or uh, needs or desires that maybe a small handful of your users have, but is extremely valuable or important to address, right? And, and those kinds of issues, solving those, often lead to really creative solutions and can be the spark for the next big thing for your product or your company overall. Um, and, and potentially even open up you know, new customer segments to bring into your core product that you wouldn't have otherwise targeted, right? Um, but ultimately, what one of your core responsibilities is as a, as a product manager is making sure that your users like using your product. And you want to be ultimately the one-stop shop for them to go to get not just one kind of problem of theirs addressed, but a bunch of them, right? So where does, you know, product sense apply in this, in this whole cycle of good and bad products? Well, let's just define it this way. It's the very foundation of what makes bad, good, or great products, okay? Now, many people might make the mistake that having a good product sense is tied to critique of existing products that you might own, interact with, or read about. Said another way, you may believe that, you know, because you are someone who uses a lot of digital products or physical products, doesn't matter, you, you, everybody uses all kinds of products, but over time, maybe you're really good at CRMs and you use a ton of CRMs. And so you have a good sense or, or, of judgment, more or less, around if one is better than the other, right? If one is good or bad. And you might draw that as an equivalency of having a good sense of product. But this is what I call product critique. These are just opinions. These are preferences and taste. And while they're all valid to have, it's very different from what product managers need to develop to have a good sense of product. Good sense of product is a framework that is filled in by uh, knowledge, right? It's not just like, is this thing good or bad and how do I make it less bad, <laughs> right? Um, so let's talk about this now. So for product managers, uh, who own the development and enhancement of the products and services that we use every day, the definition is not focused on critique and opinion, as I just mentioned, right? Instead, it's focused on helping users achieve specific outcomes. And in order to do that, it requires a diversified set of qualitative information to refine and get right. So product sense ultimately as defined by the product management function, and as I'll define it here, is as follows. The way I phrase this is, it's the intuitive ability to create features, functions, and interactions within a product to successfully meet user needs, and to understand what features make sense to a user and which do not. Now, one of the challenges we as product managers face is the need to make trade-offs in an effective way. And this is because there's always, always, always something that we could be building at any given time. 
But product managers don't get paid to just spit out random ideas or consume random ideas from users and stakeholders, build them, and then hope someone likes it, right? Or, or likes those ideas. So we have to, for the purpose of this conversation, remove the word could from our vocabulary, okay? The product management function, in large part, is to be a vacuum for knowledge. We have to know what our products do, what problems they solve for our users, what capabilities solve those problems within the, within the product or offering, what outcomes are achieved by solving those problems for our users, as well as also understanding what our products can't currently achieve, and, as we mentioned in episode one about antivisions, what they should never attempt to address. And all of that knowledge is the foundation of having good product sense. So, you know, when I say good in this context, what that means is that we have enough information that we can leverage to design features that are actually going to be valuable for our users versus the infinite number of features which will not be valuable. Said another way, it gives us the ability to ask and answer uh, some very simple questions. What should we be building and why? And what should we not be building and why? So why does everyone seem to have, quote unquote, strong sense of product on their job requirements? Well, it's really to ensure that you as a product manager have the means and thought process to frame problems around addressing user needs versus having shiny object syndrome or, you know, just build and ship kind of style, right? You're not a project manager. You're not there to just push developers off of a, into a death march off a cliff to just get things out the door to be faster than your competitors. You're there to add value to your user base, right? You're there to put your flag down in your market and say, this is what I do extremely well, right? And this is why you should come to me over somebody who also claims that they do this thing extremely well. But it's not just that. It's not just uh, that you're, you know, if you don't address user needs, uh, they wouldn't use your product, right? Because if that was the case, um, then you're really just in, in damage control mode for your whole career, right? But ultimately, there's validity in that statement because if you're not addressing user needs, why would users use your product? Because if you don't have users, you don't technically have a product. And if you don't have a product, you don't make sales. And if you don't have sales, guess what? You don't have a company. And if you don't have a company, you don't have a job, right? Um, but it's not just that, right? Having good pro uh, product sense also means that you can think longer term about the entirety of the products that you provide. You can think about their impact to the market that it is in, sure. And you can also be able to quickly answer, why does your product and or company even exist, right? If you can do this, then you can ensure that what you build, how you define the features to be built, are aligned with an intermediate and long-term future state vision. Meaning each feature that you come up with can be designed as a step towards achieving your overall vision, and that by achieving that vision, you're helping not just your user base, but your business as well achieve specific outcomes. Having good product sense also means that you're not just focused on those future state dreams and your grandiose vision, right? It also means that you know the current state of your offerings up to and including limitations to how your product gets built and the underlying technology it leverages to 
ensure that those building block features are realistic and can be built in a logical order. So to sum all that up, good product sense always starts with what and most importantly, why, right? What are we building and why? Uh, and there are no opinions when it comes to doing things well in that case, if you've defined a vision and an anti-vision, right? Um, but what you do is you take your bias out of it and you use data, your, your intuition, which you build up over years, uh, and creativity to ensure you're building the right things to solve the right problems, right? What value do my ideas have to my users? How do they help me achieve my vision? What outcomes do I enable my users to achieve uh, by achieving my vision? And how does achieving my vision help the business achieve its goals? These are the questions uh, someone with good product sense asks on a regular basis. Inversely, bad product sense exists as well. And as we said earlier, good product sense is the foundation of great products. So therefore, bad product sense is the foundation of bad products. And against our definition of you know, what we're calling good product sense, the definition of bad product sense is rooted effectively in building solutions with no real aim as to why they're being built. In other words, they're products that are built in search of a problem, right? Whole solutions get built before ever getting external input or, or, or getting external input and just discarding it, right? Not even doing the analysis. Because as we learned, good product sense starts with what and why, not what and how. It's a subtle distinction there, but you would be shocked at the amount of clients I've had over the years who can't answer why they even wanted something let alone why they're already building some feature or product, okay? So again, in order to build up product sense itself as a framework, all you have to do is ask what you should build and why. That's easy, right? <laughs> Not at all, no, uh, because uh, keep in mind that answering that question is, is tough, right? Building great products and developing and refining your product sense requires you to do a lot of footwork. And there's a lot of unseen tasks and knowledge behind the scenes when you're building digital products. It isn't just dumping an idea onto Confluence and having somebody code it up and there's your product. This is the very reason why product managers exist at all, uh, is to handle that, that behind-the-scenes footwork. And in my opinion, there's a lot of knowledge that product managers need to learn about in order to refine their product sense to build out features that are valuable, right? And... Here are some examples of those, just general categories that I would argue make up um, someone's ability to have good sense of product, right? It's understanding your core users, understanding your edge case users, understanding your core business and your core strategy, understanding technical limitations to your development process, how you design things, the data availability that you have or don't have. It's understanding your market, your product versus your competitors, what strategic differentiators do you provide versus them? What do they provide versus you? Your product versus market demands, etc. It's knowing how and when to trade off and on what, and how to frame pro problems appropriately, right? How to sell your ideas internally and how to prioritize effectively. That's a lot, right? Well, the good news is that the more that you operate in this role, the more intuitive this information becomes, and you also learn how to quickly get this information. A lot of these become validation exercises as you get more seasoned in the profession. And that intuition into being able to quickly get that knowledge and distill it down into an overall vision, an anti-vision, a product strategy, 
and, ult- and, and, and then features is what is ultimately what having good product sense really means. Because once you can operate with a mental framework like that, you can quickly ramp up on any offering in any industry. And that's all for today's episode. So I hope you found it helpful. If you did, please like, share, and follow the podcast. As always, your time is appreciated. And until next time, be good to one another. See you later. Bye.